I greet you in the mighty name of our God and his son, Jesus Christ. Let's open our Bibles to to Hebrews, to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. What a privilege to be in the temple of the living God. His temple and chosen place of worship for the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 12. The last two verses. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He is not a consuming fire to his friends. He's a consuming fire to his enemies. And we will see his consuming fire against his enemies and for his friends in Isaiah chapters 32 and 33 today. I remember over 40 years ago when I first understood and appreciated these two verses, and they meant a great deal to me because of the God they describe in the pages of the New Testament. Many, if you gave them words like this, would say without thinking or study, that's the God of the Old Testament. No, it's the God of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul quoted Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24 to arrive at the words in verse 29. For our God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God, is what Deuteronomy 4 24 says. Now in that 28th verse, the word wherefore is drawing a conclusion. And it is drawing its conclusion from, last of all, what was said in verses 25 through 27. In 25 through 27, Paul appeals to the prophet Haggai in chapter 2 and explains that the shaking of the heavens and the earth, the religious shaking of heaven and earth that would get rid of one form of worship and bring in another had already occurred, and so there was no more shaking to take place. That the final form of religion, the final form of worship, was on earth in the days of the Apostle Paul, and that is New Testament worship. So that is in verses 25 through 27, and I don't want to read them to you because I'll, I'll comment on them, and I don't want to do that. I just want to tell you what's there. It says that this word, yet once more, those words, yet once more, were Haggai's words. That there was a shaking to occur after Haggai, but before Paul, actually during Paul's life. And it gave us New Testament worship. But if you back up for the three verses before that, verses 22 through 24, the Apostle Paul told the Hebrews, the Jews that he wrote, that they had the blessed privilege of a New Testament connection to an innumerable company of angels, to God, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to the book of life, to the general assembly, to Jesus Christ, the mediator of a better covenant, and all the blessings of the New Testament. That's in verses 22 through 24. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. And the reason Paul said that is because of verses 25 through 27, the kingdom cannot be moved. It is permanent, final form of worship, what we're doing right now in this place through Jesus Christ our Lord. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. The kingdom of Jesus Christ has been here 
for 2,000 years, and it cannot be replaced. There is no such thing as a millennial kingdom to replace the present kingdom. There is no other shaking to take place that would shake away this form of worship and bring in another form. This is it. And wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. Now grace is something given to you by another. But the grace has already been given. You should take the grace that's been given and use it. Because look at verse 15 in this chapter. In this very chapter, look what it says in verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. God's grace can be given, and you can fail in your proper use of it. So since we have the final kingdom, and the great kingdom of Jesus Christ, let us take that grace that's been given and use it to worship God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Acceptable worship is not comfortable worship. Acceptable worship is not contemporary worship. Acceptable worship is not casual worship. Acceptable worship is reverent worship with godly fear. That is why we do the things that we do in this church. Children, youth, that is why we do what we do in our church. And that is why you need to help this church keep doing what it does in the years to come because we want to worship God acceptably. God does not accept casual worship. He wants reverent worship with godly fear because he is a God to be feared because he is a consuming fire even in this testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. He does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so we want to make his worship acceptable to him. Help us hold the line in our church against all the compromise that takes place everywhere else. Let's hold the line and not give in. Let's stand in the gap and make up the hedge for the land. And let's keep this church what it should be, worshiping acceptably. And that is why we do some of the things that we do. And young people, we want you to remember this verse right here. See, I was 19 or 20 years old. It was 43 years ago. And I remember it well. I love these two verses. And the Lord convicted me and led me to want to find a place where we could worship with reverence and godly fear. And let's keep doing it right here. And let's do it today. Today we're going to run into some excitement in Isaiah chapter 33. I'm going to think that we're at some party with the Lord, and I'm beating on a pinata. And I'm opening it up for all the goodies that are going to fall out. Because Isaiah 33 is an unusual chapter, and it is full of goodies. Today I'm going to make you think about the Spanish Armada. I'm going, to think of, I'm going to make you think about throwing chalk stones into a kiln to make lime. We're going to think about a lot of things in Isaiah 33 because there's a lot there for us and in chapter 32. But we want to do it soberly, reverently, with godly fear and rejoicing in fear. That's what we can do. He's our Father. He loves us and He's not a consuming fire to us. He's a consuming fire to our enemies or those who want to play with his worship. Because when Nadab and Abihu, the right men at the right place with the right God, 
offered the wrong sacrifice the wrong way, God burned them up. And so we don't want to offer anything strange today. We want to offer him acceptable worship. Wonderful verses. I hope that our children will remember these verses. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. We have the final form of worship. We have been given a kingdom. We have a king, a different king that I'm going to preach to you from Isaiah 32 and 33. We have the king that reigns forever. He is indeed beautiful in a way that Hezekiah could never be. And we want to serve him acceptably. We want to worship him and reverence him and show him our godly fear. And the fear of God should be our treasure, like it was in the days of Hezekiah after the great Reformation revival that took place after Sennacherib's defeat. It says that the fear of the Lord was his treasure. Let's make it our treasure. Let us pray. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. O Lord, thou art great and greatly to be praised, and thy greatness is unsearchable. We bless and we praise thee. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, creator of the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is, the creator that made all things for himself, yea, even the wicked for the day of evil. We worship thee, and we humble ourselves before thee. We want to give thee reverent worship today. We want to serve thee with reverence and with godly fear. We want the fear of thee, O Lord, to be our treasure. Help us, Heavenly Father. Remember our frame and have mercy upon us. Pity us like a good father pities his younger children and does not expect to require of them things that they can barely do or that they cannot do. Heavenly Father, but we thank thee that through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we can do all things as we have already prayed this morning. And we ask thee that you would pour out thy spirit upon us, that there would be a pouring out of the spirit from heaven, that we would have a greater measure of him today in our assemblies and in our hearts that would direct our attention and direct our affection toward thee and thy son and thy glorious works under both testaments. We thank thee that thou hast defeated the enemies of thy church in the Old Testament. But we thank thee more that thou hast defeated the enemies of us and thee in the New Testament through Jesus Christ, thy chosen king. We thank thee for thy anointed son, the Lord Jesus, Messiah, and Christ. We thank thee for him defeating death. We thank thee for him defeating sin. He made an end of sins. We thank thee for him bringing in everlasting righteousness and making reconciliation for iniquity. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that he has destroyed everlasting burnings to ever touch us by his substitutionary atonement on the cross of Calvary. We thank thee for our king, and we love him this morning. We know that thou dost love him, and we love him, and we pray that you will reveal him more perfectly to us, that we might follow him more faithfully. Heavenly Father, we thank thee 
that you have chosen that we should be part of thy New Testament kingdom and that we would be born on this side of the cross and that we would have the Apostle Paul to read and that you would give us understanding so that we are not looking for some carnal, earthly, Jewish, fake kingdom in the Middle East, but that we have the everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because you shook away the old covenant and gave us the new. And we thank thee for the better mediator, whose better covenant is based on better promises. We thank thee for him, and that he never dies, but he ever lives to make intercession for us. We are gripped by the glory and the privilege and the blessing of being in your house, in your temple this morning. Now, Heavenly Father, we pray that everything we have asked for ourselves before I stood in this pulpit and since I have stood here, that you will grant to your faithful churches, your faithful children, and your faithful servants in other places. Let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified today. Put a hedge about your congregations and hold at bay the powers of darkness and the prince of this world that they might hear the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and have their faith increased, their walk corrected, and given instruction in righteousness. O Lord, we thank Thee for this privilege. Help us now as we sing, as we pray, as we preach, as we hear, as we fellowship. O Lord, let all of it be pleasing and acceptable in Thy sight. We do it reverently. We do it with godly fear. What we need to do better show us. What we need not do that disappoints thee, show us. We will always change to please thee more perfectly. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Preserve our nation so that we might continue to have the peace and the prosperity that we do. And we give all the thanks and praise to thee for all things good through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And amen.